0: You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Hey, hey, what up everybody? Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders podcast. I'm your boy Al Mega. Check it out, folks. This is gonna be a big web of the show. But before I even proceed, let me, I have a co-pilot today. He is a fellow crusader, host of Sloppy, spoilers, and he is one of the only songwriting consultants in the USA. He is, it is the intrepid songwriter himself, the one, the only, David Taylor Second. What's popping, kiddo? How you doing?
1: Wepa, wepa, I'm doing good. Good. How you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for joining me, because we, we're going to talk to a champ right here. I mean... An ill music champ. I mean, he, he's a, 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 an indie rocker, right, from a band called Buchanan, right? And then mm-hmm. he went ahead, started hooking up and creating an ill app. I mean, because he himself was an artist and a songwriter and a producer that has worked with the likes of many, many great artists. I mean, and right now he got this app called Vamper, right? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, it is celebrating music and creatives. I mean, it has been called the LinkedIn for creatives, all right? This man is a champ doing special work, you know, and spreading the goodness. I mean, with, with a multitude. I mean, from, from last I understood, over 40,000 tracks on, on this platform, and possibly more by now. I can't wait to even ask. It's probably at 100,000 so where he got going. I mean, and, and folks, he just took a long trip, and he's here with us today. The one, the only
2: Josh Simons, hey. What's poppin', how you doing? <laughs> That's such a lovely introduction, thank you Al. And and thank oh. you David, also, for your time today.
0: No, no, awesome. thank Glad you to be for here. your time.
2: This is gonna be
0: fun, bro, cause you're doing some awesome stuff with this amazing app called Vampire, and folks. I need you to start checking it out from right now. Very simple, you go to the website, V-A-N-P-R dot me. a hey, and check this out, sign up today, especially if you're a creative. cause we're gonna find out how awesome this app is today so you guys you know jump on now and start checking it out because you will be signing up before the end of this show let me tell you all right? so so obviously this is called the comic series podcast of every good superhero because that's what you are the superhero in the music industry you know has a good origin story so let's know where you're originally from you know where you at and where does that love of music come from
2: it's funny i just came from a meeting this morning with um uh, a guy who does merchandise for most of your favorite american artists and um we were talking about origin stories but it wasn't in a podcast setting <laughs> it was two men sitting down talking about how we got to where we are today and so i've i've had to tell the story once today but i'll tell it again why not um so yeah i mean my my, my relationship with music really started as a child my um my granddad started a uh, a publishing company in the nineteen thirties or forties called Leeds Music, which was bought by Universal Pictures at the time and became oh, Universal wow. became Universal Music Group. Um, wow. so my family's deeply entrenched in music. And then, you know, my dad published was the publisher for Paul McCartney and 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 people like that. So um my family has a big relationship with music, but I, I have a I guess my own relationship outside of that. So I, I, like, I dropped out of school when I was 17. Um, I made a feature film because I felt like it. <laughs> At 17 um, you did this? Yeah. And uh, wow. that was, like, my first taste of music uh, – sorry, of business. But it intersected heavily with music because I ended up having to make the soundtrack and, and clearing some licenses and, and, you know, as a young kid reaching out to people like Phil Collins. I and being, what? Yeah. Like okay, asking I for I
0: that 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 education and creating music you know was your family kind of acclimating
2: you and teaching you this did you have a genuine interest yeah that's it's interesting because i was always around people who were accomplished in the business but no one was like sitting me down and coaching me and in fact when i when it comes to my own career no doors were opened like i think it's Some people would probably think, oh, he had an easy run. But the truth is, like, by the time I became an adult or able to work, all of the people in my family who were connected to the industry had passed away. So I was kind of starting from scratch. But I'd seen enough and I'd been inspired enough that I kind of just had an idea of what I needed to do. So that was that sort of was how I got started. And so I got started more on the business side, like licensing tracks, reaching out to artists, managers, publishers as a kid and saying, you know, I'd like to use this. But then I worked out that film ultimately wasn't really for me and it's not something I really wanted to do. And so I started a band project when I was like 20 or nine, I don't know, 20ish. And that blew up overnight in Australia and nowhere else. So we had had like a great run. Um and ultimately, you know, played festivals and arenas and on the radio and TV and all that kind of crap in Australia, but again, nowhere else. And so that sort of ended up pushing me down the route of songwriting, um, which took me all around the world and to England and America, working with some big names. And Oh, I've I
0: seen them names. I need I needed a broom as I was reading them out. Like, oh my God, I mean iggy you know what i heard some britney some Kanye, travis scott i mean yo you know just to name a few like dude amazing amazing
2: yeah yeah i I mean things like and i think probably david would agree with this in the world of music it's a very small little industry and so typically speaking if you're performing and you um when i say performing i mean if you're doing a job well and you're you know living up to people's expectations of why they invited you into the room, you'll typically leverage from one sort of vantage point to the next, and so it goes. And that's what that's what a career is, by definition, is a series mm-hmm. of events in a row, right? And so, like, the reason I got into the room with your Travises and your Kanyes and stuff, and that comes back to a songwriting session I did six years earlier in London where I was developing a kid at the time who was a no-one but is now Troy Sivan, but I didn't know that at the time. I was just invited into the room, you know. And so you do these little things and then one day suddenly the person you were helping has gone up and that's what horizontal networking is all about, which is what my app does. And so when one person rises and you had something to do with them, you rise with them. And so and so it goes until you start finding yourself in rooms with pretty influential people. Um, and then your job is just to perform do well you know i i I typically get invited into songwriting sessions as a song doctor so i I don't necessarily start the song but i often finish it so i'll come in and work with all the stems and all the ideas and then get it into a a position that sounds like something that might be worthy to be on the radio but yeah I'm digging that. I'm pretty sure
0: David has a comment on that because, again, you know, he he helps people with, with, with uh, songwriting. So, you know, uh, comment on that one, brother.
1: Good song doctors are definitely hard to come by. Uh, definitely, you know, you have to have studied your craft. But if people are calling you to do that, that means you've got the magic to take it from just kind of being mid to being a hit. That means you know how to, you know, tune all that stuff together to make a hit. And like I said, that's yeah. really not easy. Uh, and, uh, the thing about constructing a good song is that it's like an ice skating performance. If you do it right, everything is smooth and you won't notice any blips. And so that's why people think it's easy when everything, when you, you know, studied your rhyme scheme, when your title is tight, when you know how to get your hook together, you won't notice any blips and you think that was easy. And that represents countless hours of work to polish that thing to where it's smooth and you don't notice any demons. So... I tip my hat to you, sir, because that is not easy.
2: Yeah. No, it's not. And you nailed it. All of those things matter. The title, so important. Um, You know, how just, just lyrics that are both simultaneously uh, specific in that they evoke some imagery, but at the same time, not too specific that you alienate a large portion of the listeners um, flow. If we're talking about rap, hugely important. And Sometimes there's so many contributors in the room. And if you're coming in as a doctor, you're trying to cut out a lot of that noise and just bring the best. Do you wear a smock and gloves when you go in as a
0: doctor?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because what they're asking for is a tall order. What labels and a lot of publishers want is they want something that is at once universal and unique. Yes. They never, they never want generic. We don't want anything where the words and the cliches have no power. But what they want is something that people can immediately relate to, yet
2: doesn't sound I've like anybody else. That's another magic fact. That's like, I always think of the, that, I don't know if you guys remember that Gautier track, Somebody That I Used to Know About. Yes, nine, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that one was like, no one had heard a xylophone on a fucking pop song in like <laughs> 10, 20 years. And, and then I think the same year or the next year, Coldplay came out with Viva La Vida and there were strings on a track. And then what often happens with these like true, proper number one performers that dominate the charts for weeks, uh, months at a time, in some cases, is you then hear the influence in music for the next several years. Like, yes. after those two tracks, like you'd hear EDM songs that would have strings doing like or you'd and you'd hear xylophones again in the background i think and so it's like those the, the songs that david's talking about where you truly like it truly innovative but at the same time it sounds like something that you've heard your entire life they change the course of music and it happens like i reckon only two or three times a year mm-hmm. but the effect is that it if you track music over um you know so many years you'll you'll hear how it it evolves and um, yeah, I guess the job of a good writer is to, in my opinion, is not to go in and try and copy whatever that latest trend was, but have your best attempt at making the next trend. And I, I wouldn't profess to have achieved that, by the way, and not even close. <laughs> but, um, that's the objective. I certainly don't go in there listening to the last kit and going, let's try and recreate that. That's, that's- there's plenty of There's plenty of writers who do that, by the way, but that's not
0: how I do it. And your journey, did, you know, what, what were amongst your early influences that kind of steered you this way to be that songwriter, and then you know, be that
2: that surgeon, if you will. Well, I, for better or worse, was I studied music theory, um, which is so boring, but really necessary, frankly, if you're if you're to to do well. Um, and, you know, David Small says it all. <laughs> um, you know, music theory is literally like the science of how intervals work and how to write music script and understand, you know, different sorts of scales and, you know, mixolydian scales and suspended fourth plus nine chords and all kinds of weird crap. And and so it it does provide ultimately a very good foundation uh, to come in with original ideas, Um, especially when you, follow that syllabus from start to finish music almost becomes like a language to the point that you can pick up any instrument, even if you've never played it before and generally find your way around the instrument, which is kind of where I'm at. None of that is like on the practical physical level, not necessarily useful in a studio, but when it becomes so rote and learned and just a part of how you speak and it's like being bilingual that's the part that in the studio is inc- like almost invaluable. Like you can put a dollar value to it cause it's the number of years it takes you to study it and sit the exams. And, but you know, so it's, it's really weird. In some ways you have to do all this work and go around to come back to where you started, which is instinct and taste, which are things that nece- can't necessarily be taught, but then you sort of commingle those with your technical expertise. So that's kind of the, the very boring way of saying you got to study to, to, <laughs> to get to that point. Um, Agreed. Agreed. What we're doing with Vampr is very different again, um, and that was the next step for me, at least. So talk about that. When was that seed placed in your brain
0: to say, okay, musicians, songwriters, creators in general, need
2: a home somewhere. Where was that seed sprung from? Yeah, I was living in London at the time and I had this tremendous career in Australia thinking, okay, that's a market of 25 million people and I'm doing pretty well. What if I can do the same thing in this other country that I also have a passport in? Not thinking, oh, you, you learnt the Australian market over... 10, 15 years. You've not really lived in England recently. You don't know the market. You don't know the dynamics. You don't know the local managers. You don't know the promoters. You don't know the agents. You don't know the publicists, the publishers, all of that shit. And so making a mistake a lot of people make, which is moving territories probably prematurely, I kind of fucked my career, if I'm being honest. Um, Or at least temporarily. I mean, it recovered pretty quick, to be fair. But it was pretty bad. And so then that got me thinking, well, I damn, I need like a LinkedIn but for the music industry, but that shit doesn't exist. Um, and so, you know, what does any great person do when they uh, find a problem that can't be solved? They, they go about solving it themselves and bringing it to the market. And so that was really how Vampa got started. And it was just an idea for a couple of years. And I, I knew some people in tech. I knew some people in music tech. But I, you know, you have to reach out to them. You have to convince them to back you. You've got to convince folks to give you money to develop How was that it? journey
0: like then, you know, asking, and again, he, here's this kid, you know, former musician, now wants to get into, if you will, software. <laughs>
2: right? As a How was that? Um, well, it's been the adventure of a lifetime. You know, it's, it's taken me all around the world. It introduced me to my wife now at, made me a citizen of America, hey. changed my entire life. But it, it all starts with the question, which is, you know, as any, anything in life does really, when you approach someone and you say, I've got this idea, I can't do it on my own, can you help me? That starts like that and that's that's the journey. It's just, it's always, you're always asking the next person in the journey, this is where we're at today, can you help me get to the next vantage point tomorrow? Was exactly. it well received? The idea. Well, the idea is undeniable, in my opinion. I mean, I'm, I'm heavily. Is. I'm heavily biased, but there no, was. i you, though. I got that bias too, bro. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, thank you. The the thing is, there are, since MySpace, nothing has really filled that void. Like MySpace oh my, was. He no- said in MySpace. <laughs> oh my god. Tom, it's where's true. Tom? <laughs> Myspace, like for real though, my band broke because of Myspace. Like I got discovered by an A&R person at Sony because of Myspace. Like, oh, wow. And so Myspace had an important role, but then when Murdoch bought it, the whole thing became well, – it. it fell apart very fast and it lost its focus and it nothing filled that hole for musicians in the music industry more broadly. Like where do I scout for talent? Where do I go to find the next hottest thing? You could say TikTok and Instagram, but I'll tell you a very quick analogy that your listeners will appreciate. If I want to go and find a female grunge rock group in Connecticut who listens to Tyler, the creator and Pink Floyd, you cannot do that on TikTok or Facebook facts. You just can't, there's no search queries in the world that allow you to do that on vampa. You can, and that's really the difference. Like that is in a nutshell, the difference between us and an Instagram page, right? Love it. And you know what,
0: I wanna give people an example really quick before you continue, because I do have a nice little commercial about Vamper so that way we could really start digging into that. I know that's where David's questions are gonna start popping off. So let's just do this real quick before you continue. Because again, it all, this is where it started, folks, check this out. And again, you're gonna to wanna to sign up ASAP, especially if you are a creator. It all started with a connection. And now, five million connections later, Vamper has become the essential tool for connecting creatives. Make music happen. Find your team. Collaborate. And if you think you've got it in you, go pro and unlock distribution, sync opportunities, analytics, and so much more. Vamper. Download today and make music happen. man you-, you had me a collaboration and distribution and all that like what i'll, what? I'll give you I'll,
2: I'll give you an exclusive here that i've never told anyone i personally even though we were quite far along in the company when we made that particular ad i personally produced every part of that sound from <laughs> the narration to the music that's my voice singing in the track oh it I, is I, hey wow i just, I just felt like uh I felt like getting involved in that one. So there you go, there you have it. Listen, that's the
0: heart of a true CEO when they believe in their brand that much. They put every part of themselves in it. So kudos to you for getting her done. Getting her done. And look at that folks, you see it right there. The number one, let me repeat, number one network for musicians, all right? So talk about this app and everything along because you know again you know I, I kind of mentioned you, you guys got so much you you, you got a twenty two percent month of a month growth I mean it's probably even higher now but that article was just you know a couple of months old. Yeah,
2: well you said you said something in the intro you said something like the app has twenty thousand tracks or something. I I want to clear that up yeah. because uh, this will blow your mind. We we host probably closer to two or three million, but. Um, yeah. But um, the the facts are, Vamper as a platform has been responsible for the creation of 220,000 new songs that have been commercial, Whoa. that have been commercially released. That's the most impressive number. Um, we also opened up a publishing division about 12, 18 months ago, and it's an opt-in system where folks can give us permission to rep them for film and TV and video game and advertisement placements. We like launched that as a side project just to see how it would go. And we now have a catalog of like, I think it's like 65,000 songs today. um, that We we represent. So that's growing very quickly. Um, But yeah, in terms of like the number of songs like uploaded and stuff. Yeah. It's in the, it's in the millions. Yeah wow
0: overwhelming you must have hella servers man to handle that amazing kudos to you and the platform thank you so david man i'm gonna leave the floor to you because i know as a creative yourself especially in the songwriting business you know ask them questions kiddo you know what can he tell you to make sure you sign up like right now (laughs) okay first question is
1: do you have something like built-in split sheets how do you do these collabs when you get through writing
2: how do you be sure everybody gets credit and gets paid yeah. for what they do? Yeah, that's a great question. So Vampa's primary purpose to exist is to help collaborators meet one another. So we're not solving, at this point, the writing problem or the administration problem. We're solving a, even a step further down. I call it the personnel problem. Very unsexy word, but it's a fact. At the root sort of cause i guess of any beautiful thing that happens in life is two people coming together and it all starts with the connection as that ad said but it's true and so we're just helping people get introduced and once they meet each other what they do is at the moment somewhat up to them um now we provide educational series we've got like publishing classes we post blogs you know, encouraging folks to get into the habit of doing split sheets and stuff like that, and we provide resources accordingly. But our job, like as a as a business, is actually just connecting human beings together. Um, oh. So we don't necessarily get involved in the weeds of their commercials. Having said that, when it comes to our publishing division, we send out web forms, custom web forms, uh, that require that these guys settle all of this before they even try and turn the royalty tap on. Uh, and this is to help us, but it's also to help specifically the artists get their shit together uh, because so many of them don't because of there's this massive knowledge gap. And so we 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 do a lot in that respect, even though that's not our core business. I hope that answers your question.
1: It does. It does. Now when you talked about signing up for publishing and getting film and TV opportunities. What is the length of that term? Uh, do you do we keep the copyrights? Do you take it for a time? How long does the contract last? Give me the kind of the ins and outs. So if I had some tracks, I wanted to get placed and film and
2: TV, what is your offer? Right. So there's there's nothing else on the internet even close to the offer we did because again, I was an artist that used all these services and found them to be in many cases broken and hopeless and exploitative so my approach is always to be i don't want to do that like without naming names there's some publishing sync sort of companies online that make you pay quite a lot of money just for the opportunity for them to represent you which yeah, is i know what you're yes. talking about <laughs> yeah you know what i'm talking about right. I And do. It's, horseshit. it's you should never pay for someone's gift to represent you so we we approach it uh, and it's by the way, this puts the burden on us, and it costs me a lot of money. like my business loses money in the first part of the process. so vampa publishing works like this: you opt in a song, and part of the deal is that we do not take any not a single percentage of your royalty until we deliver at least one sync, so the onus is on us to perform, so it costs you zero dollars, zero commitments you 're not giving away any copyrights at all. Until Vampa procures a sync. When we procure a sync, that triggers an automatic two-year publishing deal that's super artist-friendly, 6535 in favor of the artist, and we collect on that for two years and the rights revert back to you. It's that simple. And we worked with attorneys in America, Australia, England to bring this to fruition. It was met with a lot of cynicism by the publishing industry, but if I've learned anything about business and the music industry in particular, if you stick with something for long enough, it'll end up becoming the norm. And in this case, we we stuck around for a few years with this model, and now we're getting syncs everywhere: Facebook, HBO, NBC, CBS, whatever. It's starting to deliver, but it only because I had the patience and the guts to stick with it because we were losing a fuck ton of money for a while until until we weren't. Um, wow. It, it's super artist-friendly. It, it, the reason we were losing money is it's very much geared in favor of the artist. We are trying to get rid of the cynicism created by some of the other exploitative players in the game. Okay, right. now, is it
1: exclusive? So meaning once you get a sync thing, then our publishing deal is exclusive with you?
2: So that's, that's a great question. So it's non-exclusive until we perform. So of the 65,000-ish songs that we have, as you'll appreciate most of them won't find a sink right but mm-hmm. for the ones but for the people that don't find a sink they're more than welcome to take their business elsewhere and try other platforms and try other publishers and take their stuff away from us that's fine our thing is because we're not charging anything up front once we land you a sink we mm-hmm. will have exclusive publishing on that track not your catalog just that track for mm-hmm. two years and then once the two years lapse you get that exclusivity back and you're free to go wherever you want.
0: Oh, wow. David, how do you
2: feel about that as a
0: musician? I got to ask because I'm the outsider here. You know, I, I'm Mr. I'm Mr. Movie guy, but the music world is, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of music, but not, I'm a, I don't understand the business side. Cause I know it is a grimy business.
1: <laughs> well, one of the reasons that stuff like that happens is because <clears throat> to put it plainly, there's no FDA for music. No. So if, you, if you're going to put a drug on the market, pharmaceutical companies, that protocols you must run through or else the FDA will shut you down. If you're going to label produce as organic, there's a certain way it has to be grown. And those standards are set by the FDA or the FDA. You don't get the organic label. There's nothing like that for music. And so you're pretty much on your own. So you can kind of have to get educated yourself to understand you know, what these deals are, what these different terms mean. And so, uh, so far, so good. So, you take ownership of the
2: copyright, or it's joint ownership? It's joint ownership. So, I mean, at no point it's a license, effectively. It's not actually ownership at, at any point. Um, oh.
1: Because it's, yeah, it's an so, exclusive license. So I keep the copyright, but since it, it, you got the deal, you get an exclusive correct. license for two years to exploit it as much as possible, and then we exactly. make it, it. Okay. Exactly. And how do you, how do you deliver? the money? What's your pay uh, uh, cycle? Is it monthly? Is it quarterly? Do you do pay direct deposit? Like what?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's quarterly and we work with song trust. That's our sub publisher. So they're they're massive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're they're, they're, they're huge and sort of globally, obviously respected and accepted. Um, And so they, they handle the cash payments on that. We, the only, the only cash side of it that we handle directly is the upfront sync so the initial you know opportunity that we land that triggers the deal we'll handle that directly and then the rest is handled through songtrust so
1: what's been your success rate with all the songs that you have and are pitching because
2: uh, a good sync can change your life <laughs> so yeah well in dollar terms we're a semi public company so we can't speak like frugally about that like i can't just throw out numbers because we have annual reports and stuff where we comment, and and in our last annual report we only just launched the thing so mm-hmm. there's no there were no numbers to speak to we will have we'll have a, a big update towards the end of the year what i can say in the meantime is some of the brands that we've been scoring sinks with again I, I can't speak to dollar numbers unfortunately today but mm-hmm. what i will say is that the success rate is going up and fast when when we started like i said it was a new model music supervisors were skeptical they didn't believe that we had the right to publish these songs because it was opt-in it was non-exclusive until we got a result we had to stick with that and condition the industry and coach them that this model was not only fair but it made sense and that it was perfectly legal and all these challenges that we created for ourselves but for the right reasons Mm-hmm. With those challenges aside, uh, our success rate is increasing. So that's all I can really say at the moment on that.
0: Okay. Before you go on there, hold on. I got I to gotta ask here. You guys are using language <laughs> that I'm familiar with. So d- just for some of our listeners that may not be aware of the music industry, what exactly is a sync?
1: Okay. A sync means you take a track and you line it up with an audiovisual work. So anything that has visuals to it, uh, video games, TV commercials, small films, major motion pictures, even if you're making a training video for your company, if you add music to it, that's a sync. And it requires two licenses. It requires one license for the composition and another license for the actual track itself. So every song has two copyrights. One is for the song composition, that's melody, lyrics, arrangement, sometimes title. And the other one is for the recording of that song. That's a separate thing. So when you get a sync, you have to get a license from both parties, from whoever owns the song itself and whoever made that sound recording. So that's why sometimes in movies you hear a song you know, but somebody else sang it. They paid the songwriter, but maybe the owner of the sound recording wanted too much money. So once you pay the songwriter, you can make your own cover version. So that's, that's what
2: syncing is. Yeah. And actually to that point, um, there's another term that we'll introduce called one stop, which is this idea in the sync world or in the publishing world that a catalog doesn't need to be sort of triple vetted by the person who's looking to buy it. So let's say like I own a really hot track and you're, the producer of big brother and you want to use my song on, well, they'd have a blanket license, but let's say, I don't know, what's a cool TV like uh, stranger things. And you're looking to do it, you know, a song in the latest episode from my catalog. Firms that have one stop catalogs or at least part of their catalog, that's one stop means that all of the rights are pre-cleared. So there's no question of doubt whether or not, this is legally allowed to be sold on both the master recording front and the, and the, the uh, publishing front. Um, and so our catalogue is entirely one-stop, so, which is another difference, too, because it's convenient. So that means a music supervisor can listen to our catalogue, and if they find something that they like with very minimal hassle, which they need, because sometimes these shows, the sound mix happens in the last seven days before it goes to TV or to Netflix or wherever it's being published, they need quick the ability to quickly license stuff on both sides, and so that that's another point of pride for us.
0: Oh, that's awesome! That's absolutely so, awesome. So how do you feel about that, David? Again, I mean, you know, just, just from what you're hearing from Josh, as a you know music creative yourself, I mean, you're going to sign up right after this, aren't you? <laughs> well, you yeah,
1: that's incredible from the music supervisor's point of view. That's kind of a dream come true because the last thing that they want. Is songs that we got to jump through all these hoops to get them. They want stuff that's quick and easy because they don't have a lot of time. So no. that kind of one stop approach is fantastic. That makes your offerings all the more attractive because it's less hassle for them. Yeah.
2: And so yeah, no, that is a great model. Great model. And we, the way that we do that, like we do a little bit. Um, using technology, like asking appropriate questions when people first submit. But then if they get far enough down, let's call it the manufacturing line, it's not really a manufacturing line of course, but it's it's processes and a funnel really. If you get far enough down that funnel, um, where we know that the song's likely to get picked up or there's some interest, we will then get our staff members, like real humans to actually triple check before we're actually pushing it out there to these supervisors so we've got enough checks and balances in place that we've used technology and humans and a combination of the two to, to make sure that it's properly cleared and again we you do this so that you don't end up in court right years later because someone goes hey that was my song and no one ever gave me credit for that and that stuff happens all the time and it's still well, here you don't want to be in a Dua lipo situation i hear you yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And that stuff does happen. And look, there's insurances that companies take out to you know, protect from that, but you don't want to be relying on that kind of shtick.
0: And this is something, again, because, again, you guys use lingo that I'm unaware of. So, for example, if I have ideas and I have musicality, what's Vampire Academy? Are you guys giving me
2: step-by-step guidance on the uses of the platform terms and everything? Yeah, no, I'm... I'm Glad that you asked because that that's we talked about it briefly and then we kind of glossed over it, but that's that knowledge gap I was talking about. So when we launched Vampir originally, it was a place where you could connect with people like we talked about already. Um, and that's still the core functionality of the app. It's about finding human beings to connect with. But the industry that we're dealing in and that we're talking about, the music industry and creative industries more broadly there is knowledge gaps it attracts folks that lean more creatively than necessarily um you know sort of academically uh and and what that can mean and often does and especially in early stage creatives and early stage musicians is a lack of understanding about the industry and uh, that comes down to decorum like how do i handle myself but also expectation how do i manage them um an opportunity, where do I find it? How should I be marketing myself? How should I be going about it? so there's all these areas that people go in a little bit green uh, and we thought that by launching a social network, people might learn through observation and watching how folks are networking, and they are, but it doesn't it's it, it, we're asking a little bit too much of people, so we thought let's actually address this head on. And launch an academy, and so we spent about six months talking to users of the platform and say, "Do you want masterclass style things from celebrities or from professors, or what, like what what would you want or what would you need to convince you, in other words, to address this knowledge gap that you quite possibly have?" We said it nicer than that, and um, <laughs> yeah,
0: very
2: <laughs> Yeah, and, and what what they came back with was, "Well, shit, I'd love to go and do." You know, music business college, but I can't afford that 40 grand, uh, you know, overhead and debt. And also knowing full well that it's hard to get your money back out of the music industry. It happens, but that's sometimes the exception and not the rule. Yes. And so we said, well, how do we go about creating a university quality education program for the price of a subscription to Netflix? And we did it. And we went and hired professors all around the world and we, we made the syllabus ourselves. So we just did it. And we launched it about two months ago and it, it's brand new still, and we're still working it out. And when I say we're still working it out, it means we've got stuff dropping every other week. We've got new courses being added all the time. We're trying to find a perfect mix between entertaining presenters and experienced professors and I won't say that we've perfected it right now, but we're working much harder at it than anyone else is, and it's a great thing for the music industry more broadly.
0: I appreciate that, that knowledge, because, you know, right here is wonderful. You're talking about this, and we have a professor right here with DT. (laughs) So if you need more and more teachers, then then you got somebody here that, you know, you just said you Um, of a seminar, you know what
2: I mean? you'll, You'll hit us up afterwards and connect us directly on email because we do these things as part of the academy that only academy subscribers get called deep dives um and they're like in-depth conversations that we record professionally with our our crews and they are only viewable by folks who actually subscribe to the academy but we'd love to to have you david so you know if you want to make that connect happen we can sort all out the details on email and stuff
0: Oh, uh, we'll make it happen because DT is the man. He's been in the business for a minute and, and definitely sharing. He, he, he said he came off, you know, some work, two, three hour classes and whatnot, talking music nonstop. So my man, that, that, that's his business. So, you know, and kudos to you guys for again, even taking that step. I mean, I, that must be inspired again from that musician side of you and what you saw missing and, and, and being able to offer that again. You know, thank you. Thank you. We need more CEOs, if you will, like that. Because again, you are a co-founder along with Baz. Like, how did Baz come into the picture, Mr. Palmer?
2: (laughs) Yeah, he he uh, he signed me to my first band. Uh, Sorry, he my band. Sorry to my first deal. That's my jet lag, by the way. Um,
0: Don't worry,
2: buddy. It's excusable. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. So when we um, when we were first coming up through the ranks, like we signed some development deals with major labels and some pretty big indies and. Did stuff, but then I was looking for a more substantive deal to actually fund my first proper album and and Baz put up his hand as like he 's super well known in Australia as the lead guitarist and songwriter of a band called Hunters and Collectors, which is like maybe not so well known in America but was massive in Australia and massive in Europe in the nice. sort of nineties and um and they still sell out like fifty thousand people venues and stuff it 's insane. They just don't tour that often. But anyway, so he signed me to my first sort of proper band deal and we made an album together, made us some money. And so we became friends and really at some point we became equals. And so I approached him with the vampir idea and said, let's become proper partners on this. And and we did and that's that's why we're working together.
0: <laughs> what? Well, so did he eat up the
2: idea when it was presented to him? Yeah, so he was busy with other music tech startups at the time. Um, And he, as you would expect, he gets pitched ideas like every day. Um, So he said to me, I like you, Josh, but everyone has an idea. In order to convince me, I'm really going to need to see like a prototype and a business plan. And I said, okay, I'll get that for you. And I I, I think he probably thought I was not going to. And then I didn't sleep that night. I think I smoked a few more cigarettes than normal and... (laughs) really and drank a few more cups of coffee than normal and i I worked through the night i taught myself how to to make a prototype and within 24 hours i came back to him like literally out of breath like here it is and i handed it over and he uh he fucked with it and we registered the company name about 24 hours after that and we've been business partners ever since
0: whoa wow amazing (laughs) Amazing. that's the journey and look what we're seeing on screen like what am I seeing here? You know, so many different, oh, Megan, Rita, Clara, uh, Daniel Campbell. What's going on here? Capital Royale, what's this? I mean, with Capital. Records, these are, these capital are, Royale, these So what you're looking
2: at, these are Vampir stories. And so Vampir stories are just little, like, 30-second, you know, video bites showing you some of the things that people who use Vampir have achieved. Um, and, you know, we actually need to update them because some of them are quite old. But uh yeah they they're just they just the the point is someone new to the platform coming to our website for the first time they're probably gonna wanna know what can I achieve if I use this technology and so they can look to those stories for some inspiration. Sounds amazing like like Dave again, how do you feel
0: you know listening to this awesome c e o here entrepreneur you know in the music industry trying to cover the back of amazing artists like this?
1: well he absolutely knows how to talk to artists and musicians he understands how we think and what we're looking for because everything about the creative music energy is more like you know show me and you know what can it do for me and you need a direct connect like uh, we did this for this person so okay and that's what will encourage people to join we're not always so good with the abstract business But we're definitely on point with the, i use this to blow up. So so having uh, examples of how somebody used the service and what it got them is brilliant. Because what he said on his intro, I mean, we need to bronze that and put that in every music business school on earth, that this thing is a stair step. You get one gig, you meet one person and your whole life can change in less than 30 days. And then you yeah. get another gig
2: and you meet another person and then you get in circles. Bro, I'll never forget. Like to not, sorry to cut you off, but I'll never forget. Like I sat down with one of my favorite men. Ma- I tried to convince him to be the manager of my band, this guy, Tom Harris. He's now an investor in Vamper and he was my business manager for years and a good friend, but he, I wanted him to be my manager. He was the manager of the temper trap. Do you remember the temper trap? Like they were a big band in the sort of 2010s. They had that He's song sweet disposition that everyone knows.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
2: Yeah, and I wanted them to – anyway, I wanted him to be my manager. I sat down with him once, and my band hadn't quite popped off yet, but we were getting there. Like, we we were still, like, fairly well-known, but we weren't, like, there, right? And he was telling me about the troubles they were having on their second album. And this is a band that already had a number one song in every country in the world, but they were having troubles. And he was saying how – you know, they're only one more song away from getting back to that sort of number one spot. But then when he was applying it to me, he's like, oh, you're only one song away from being bigger than my act. Mm. You, see what you see what I'm saying? Like yes. these, these guys have been in business for all these years and like they're, they've been well-known and they're kind of still well-known, but I'm only 24 hours away from that if all the stars align. And so really the job of people like me and the, job of companies like vampa is to help people get closer to that moment we don't lie and pretend like we'll get you there because that would be false advertising and wrong and ethically wrong but we are certainly helping the motivated of us get closer because what allows us to get to that moment collaborating with the right people working with other talented folks working with like-minded people who actually share your values who you enjoy working with and who's Your productivity is going to be that much greater because you click on multiple levels, spiritually, emotionally, like creatively, all of that shit. So that's the job of my company is to bring you closer to that moment where you truly are only one song away from being as big as – the latest hit you heard on the radio.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, is it, it, this starting to feel like this is the Max.com of music, too? You know what I mean? Like, you're going to find your perfect perfect partner, yo. What's that's partner that's where we
2: started. No, bro, that's where we started. We said, let's make Tinder for musicians. That's the whole way that hey, started.
0: Hopefully there was no shenanigans going on. Like, just be creative. Don't be getting all dirty now.
1: <laughs> One of the things he just said was, once again, it was just so straight down the middle, on point. He talked about the morals and ethics of setting expectations. One of the reasons people get burned in this business is because somebody sold them something that they couldn't actually do. Yes. You know, we're going to blow you up. We're going to make you star. We're going to make you go no more and all that. Nobody can guarantee that because if they could, why wouldn't they do it every time? What yes. he said was the right thing is that we're going to create the conditions for you to write that song, for you to meet those people, but you must supply the work ethic. You must supply like,
2: the passion. It's like Morpheus said in The Matrix, I can only show you the door. You've got to walk through it. And you've that's got to walk through app, it. That's right. And that's, that's super app important
1: app. Uh, if you're asking me for my reaction. He's not f- selling a false dream. I've worked with so many people that got sold the false dream and they're like, what happened? I'm like, they didn't tell you the truth. Uh, yeah. Music doesn't work. Uh, results are not pro- directly proportional to effort the way finance is or the way uh, academics are. So if you want to get a better grade, you can study more. If you want to get an increase in your money, at the least you can find a safe investment and get some interest. Music isn't like that. You can pour a million dollars in a project and and never get it back. Music doesn't work that way. It's always a convergence of elements. Right Mm -hmm. product, right time, definitely right time, right crowd. And then there's an X factor that you can't explain. You can't explain why it popped off. It just did. So it's not a formula. 100%.
2: 100% Yeah. 100% degree model breach, yeah. I mean, it that's everything. Facts, facts. Um, I, uh, I, I, I don't like to interrupt the flow here because I think we are in having a great chat, but I have another podcast starting in seven minutes. No worries.
0: So. Gotcha. So just really quick, just before you leave then, so what's, You know, there's the free and there's the, a pay-for model here,
2: and if so, kind of, you know, what, what's that monthly
0: looking like for yeah. someone that wants to hit that pro level?
2: yeah absolutely so first things first like the core functionality of vampa is free for everybody like no conditions no gotchas no hidden catches or anything like that like 70 percent of all the things that we offer uh they're on the free version the pro version is for people who are probably at that next stage or want to level up to that next stage and it allows you to do things like send more connection requests, like more direct messages to people you're not connected with, uh, tap into some of those learning resources, get the vet, the pro badge, sorry, on your account to show other people, like send a signal to other people that you're ready to invest in yourself because signaling is a really important thing in the industry. Like it's important that other folks can see that you're actually investing in yourself, taking this seriously, not just a time waster and here for shits and giggles. So that's what the pro thing's for, and it's it's really afford. It's five ninety nine a month, so we are not asking for a lot of oh, money. Wow.
0: Less yeah. than Netflix, folks. Come on, man.
2: Yeah, exactly. Oh,
1: so I I definitely want to connect and talk about all that stuff.
2: So that's definitely a thumbs up for me. Yeah. Thank you, oh, man. I appreciate that. Well, uh, Al, you'll, you'll make sure that you send emails and all that uh, kind of stuff. Right after this is over, I'm going to
0: send it. Don't you worry, you're going to be hearing dings as you're on the next podcast. So, before <laughs> you go, I just want to just remind everyone really quickly because I've been showing it off the whole show. All right. Need you to go follow Vamper, which is V A M P R A P P on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Okay. You can read everything for yourself on me So visit the website, sign up today, download that app, which is available on, you know, the uh, Apple Store, you know, Google Play Store, get it now, get it done. All right? So I want to hang out with David just for a couple of minutes because I got I to show some stuff that David's doing too. I don't want you to be late for that next podcast. So guys, you are in for the treat on that next part too, all right? So this is the man. Good. Brother, thank you again, Josh. Yo, thank you. Thank was- you thank you for being such a great creator someone that thinks about creators and musicians and the level that you've done you're doing god's work here so just kudos and much love to you man keep on going on but this is going to be the biggest app in the whole world don't you worry Uh,
2: i appreciate that and i have to say like this is by far being the most fun chat i've had in a while so thank you guys for asking questions and and just uh, understanding what it is we're trying to do because it's a it, it's a heavy lift, but it's it's enjoyable and it's rewarding when we see what it's doing for people, you know? Awesome. Well, thank you again, brother. So I'm going to check you out on the next time.
0: I'll be emailing you. Thank you so much, Josh. But get ready for that one. I'm happy at least that we woke you up. No more jet lags for you, all right?
2: <laughs> Pray for me. Pray for me.
0: <laughs> all right, my brother. So bless, brother. Thank you, man. You have thank a you great evening, brother. Be easy, brother. There we go. Bye. Man, that was awesome, Dave. What you think, man? Ah,
1: that's great, man. He has definitely uh, has a well thought out app. He definitely understands the needs of creative musicians and artists. Uh, He definitely is working on making the model fair and transparent. So all that stuff he said was good. And he definitely understands that we're he's creating opportunities and, you know, he's helping uh, open the doors because nobody can guarantee you, a hit song or a big career or else. People would do it every time. Why wouldn't you make the next whatever every time if it was a guarantee? But So he said all the right things, man. So he's great. He he sounds spiritually, morally, ethically. So uh, yeah, thumbs up from me.
0: There you go. DT gives a thumb up. And this is what I need you guys to do. Check this out. Before I even show, wait, I don't want to show off this link. Because again, DT, like I said, is a songwriter. He, you know, he counsels people, house people. He himself is also a doctor, surgeon, if you will. All right. <laughs> I need you to check out DT's website right here at theintrepidsongwriter.com. Now, you want to see a little sample of his work? Folks, I- I'm happy. Let me check this out. So this is this is a spot with his music on it. Check this out, folks. Check this out. Damn line, I'm loving it. That was funky. Oh, I'm digging it. Oh, days. So you you could do music like like this all the time for anyone, like other creatives and whatnot, influencers that are looking for some intro, outros. You do this, bro.
1: I I do that stuff. Uh on that particular commercial, they said they wanted something funny and family-friendly and funky. And so we worked on it. Many nights till like two in the morning. I gave them options. I produce a commercial. I'm on the track saying I'm loving it, and I play guitar. Now that was you, and that was you on the guitar, bro. You got yeah, five, yeah, yeah. Bro. Woo! yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I, I was doing that, and so I, I made a retro with a heavier bass, and then we went back and used beatbox because beatbox is both hip hop and funny at the same time, and so they like that, and so uh, it was for the Brother Bear movie by Disney. And they're always very particular on, they want the right feel for everything. And so we had to work really hard to make sure that was, you know, head bopping and fun, but also something that the kids could vibe with. And so, yeah, man, so I do stuff like that all the time. I run for musical theater. Uh, We wrote a play for Dr. King's contemporaries. The playwright, his name is uh, McKinley Johnson. He hired me as part of his songwriting team. We won three Black Theater Alliance Awards. It was about um, the civil rights movement and Dr. King's contemporaries. And we wrote like, uh, it was me, uh, McKinley, the playwright, and another man named Marshall Titus. The three of us together, we wrote about 75 pieces. What? So, yeah, we wrote uh, all kinds of music. Uh, and Danny Davis came down for the opening of that that play. It was about a man named Baird Rustin, one of Dr. King's contemporaries. So, yeah, man, I did that. Uh, I've scored movies. I, told, I should score scored that vampire movie. I shared the vampire from New Orleans. Um, I've written uh, adult contemporary. Uh, I've written gospel stuff. I've written hip hop stuff. So yeah, man, I, I write. That's what I do. That's what I was put on this earth to do was
0: write. So that's what I did. <laughs> amazing, amazing. So they could go to say if anyone's interested in work, working with you and, and getting some tracks done, do they, is there a way for them to contact you on theintrepidsongwriter.com?
1: Yes, there's a contact tab. You can contact me, but also they can hear my beats. So I have some beats right there on the website. You can listen. I have finished tracks on the website. You can listen. And then if you want the consulting, if you want me to help you get your career to the next level, that's under the Hire Me button.
0: So it's all right there on my website. Beautiful. Folks, you better check out this man. He's been working hard. He's real. You heard that. I can't can't imagine how that damn system must have been like, you know, 75 songs. That must have been nights of, of writing oh man
1: the days nights weeks but we had so much fun see uh uh you have to do research about the era and the people you're talking about but particularly when you're doing biographical plays so i studied not only dr king and Bayard rustin but i studied black inventors black scientists black creatives over time that don't always get like a lot of people don't know that elijah mccoy was black and when we have that old school phrase, the real McCoy. It's because he created a heat cup that delivered oil to the train. And they say, we don't want the fake cups. We want the real McCoy. That's where that comes from, from a black guy. <laughs> and so I study, you know, uh, Sojourner Truth and at Tubman. And I study a whole bunch of people that have made a difference, black inventors that really don't get a lot of feature. So I wrote songs about that. So it changed my life, man. It changed my life for the better, just seeing the inventions in uh, science, chemistry, uh, politics, uh, and just day-to-day products that African-Americans have made. And so, yeah, man, so I did so much research and it was great, but that's how you get the passion in your music. You get some information, you get something that you connect with. And I personally connected with the idea of, making such a major contribution to history. And sometimes people may not even know who you are or know that you're the one that turned the corner. Bayard Rustin is the one that organized the March on Washington. He's the one that brought back the principle of nonviolent protest when he met with Gandhi. And I mean, it was, wow. I'm telling you, man, it was life-changing. So yeah. Wow, yeah. impressive. Man, I'm
0: going to have to have- I'm going to I have to view you really soon and, and really get into the nitty-gritty and the meat of your story and more. But folks, you know, this one what you to do again. I'm going to repeat one last time. It's Josh's, Josh had to leave us, but I need you to go visit him on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the Vampire app. Again, Fort creatives, check it out. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. I mean, DT already gave a thumbs up having his experience in the industry. Check out the website. You guys can see it for yourself you know sign up today get on that free app you heard we heard it from the horse's mouth 70 percent of the application part of that program basically available to you on the free side of it and if you want to just you know level up for that extra 30 percent very affordable at 5.99 a month you know what i mean so Basically, miss one one uh, Popeye's chicken sandwich and you can pay that for the fun. <laughs> you know <what> I mean, <laughs> all right. And and this is what I need you to do too. Follow my man DT. You know, so if you're looking for for some music for for some counsel, right there, that's the man. the Theintrepidsongwriter.com. And you know what to do. I've been scrolling it all along. Go visit my website, comiccrusaders.com. Check out my extended family of undercovercaves.com. DT, thank you so much for hanging out with me today and being my win man, my co-pilot on this new Comic Crusaders podcast. Mi gente, hasta la próxima. Much love. Wepa! Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCaves.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store